Superman Forever Radio, episode 123. Faster than a speeding bullet! More powerful than a locomotive! Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Hello and welcome to the Superman Forever Radio Podcast. My name is Bob Fisher. Well, how you doing out there? Yeah, I know. Been gone a little while. Anything happened while I was away? <laughs> yes, it has been a while. And uh, for some of that, I apologize. Because uh, some of it I was actually capable and uh, didn't. Couldn't kind of get it together enough. To be honest, I've had a few physical problems over the last couple of years. But we're back on track and we're working through the physical thing. So looked like it was time to come back and say a few words because, uh, to be honest, there's been a whole lot of stuff happening in the last couple of years in the world of Superman. And uh, for me not to be part of it has been a little bit of, uh, you know, wow. How'd you let that happen, Bob? <laughs> anyway. I guess the two, other than the comics, uh, again, to be honest, I'm not into the comics right now, uh, although several of them look very interesting, but uh, uh, I think my time with the new comics, except for a special here or there, uh, is, is probably gone, is over. That's sad, but who knows? Who knows? The Superman 78 comic is out based on the uh, Christopher Reeve movies, so maybe I'll take a look at that. Batman 98, which, uh, 98, <laughs> 89, but maybe, but, you know, and son of, uh, Kal-El, Superman's son of Kal-El in the comics, it looks like, uh, Superman has grown up and turned the mantle over to his, to his son. But anyway, I'm not really reading the, the new comics, just taking a peek at the headlines periodically. But I guess the two biggest things that have happened in the world of Superman over the last couple of years is uh, the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Not only does it exist, congratulations to those of you who uh, really, 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 really wanted this. And so Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League has been released as a six-parter. And boy, am I glad they did that. Am I glad they did that. Uh, it turned it into a real story, you know made it a much, much better movie. So many things I liked about it uh, this time. And Zack Snyder put his $30 million of post-production. Uh, he spent every penny of that. Uh, and it looked much better. It, it really looked much better. Uh, even the trick he played, you know, taking the color out to make the uh, red and blue suit look black and colorize it white ass or whatever towards the end. Oops, spoilers, by the way. <laughs> No, everything about this movie um, broken up into the six-part long format was so much better than the movie version. 
the one we got in the theater. You know, hats off to all those people out there who just wouldn't let it die, who just kept saying, bring me the Zack Snyder cut. Let's see the Zack Snyder cut. Uh, I was very quiet on the subject because, one, I didn't know if it existed or not. And uh, if it did, I had no idea it was in this kind of finished. I had no idea he had actually shot this much material. Apparently, uh, well, not apparently, but in an interview with Zack Snyder in many places after the release of this, he said that he didn't use one frame that he didn't shoot himself. So none of the way. And that makes it really easy to know what was in what the the the, the Whedon version is compared to the Snyder version. So much better in the Snyder version because uh, it was more natural. It was the characters were more natural. The dialogue was there. The story was flushed out, you know, things like that. And the, the laughs came more natural than in the, the, um, of the theater, theatrical release. Theatrical release was, uh, it was, it was a hatchet job compared to this, to be very honest. I, you know, I kind of enjoyed it in the theater, you know, with some problems. But in overall, I thought, okay, it wasn't a terrible 90 minutes or whatever. But then compared to this one, the full Zack Snyder release, uh, the post-production special effects were not annoying. In fact, uh, they were really beautiful beautiful and animated well and um we got to see a bunch of the jack kirby creations of the fourth world you know and i so yes um two thumbs way up for the Zack snyder cut um also also one other thing like i was going to say the laughs came naturally you know in the flow of the story and particularly, uh, uh, I liked Arthur Aquaman's uh, storyline much better in this one, much more flushed out. Along with Flash, there was a lot more footage of Flash. And then, uh, personally, I thought a little too much, but way too, you know, a lot new, a lot of new information and footage about Cyborg. DC has put Cyborg everywhere. Titans. And uh, Doom Patrol and, you know, everywhere. Justice League, good character. So um, well acted, well played, both he and his father in this one. I don't have any of the notes in front of me again. This is, uh, as those of you who've been around for a while know, I don't write from a script and and, and work. I, I think about what I'm going to say for a couple of years and <laughs> then turn on the microphone and talk. Okay. Oh, oh, and the other thing about, and then I'll then I'll move on because I don't want to talk all forever about this. But uh, Lois was the key, and not because Batman said she was. That to me is one of the biggest uh, changes to those two two versions of the movie. Uh, in the theatrical release, Lois Lois's part was. Major only when bat, you know, as because of Batman saying, "Go get Lois is the key. Go get the special weapon. It's the you know." Brr. And he's talking about Lois in this one. Lois is the key because Lois is the key. She's the one who, uh, well, follows the thing throughout and is there when she's needed, not because Batman says go get Lois, but 
Lois has figured it out. She's there and knows what she has to do. So all of that, the fourth world stuff, all of that, way better. And it was uh, um, delivered in six parts, which I also liked. I kind of like that. Uh, I watched it in two sittings, one through three, and then it seemed almost like a natural intermission at that point. And uh, the following night, watched the uh, other three. So in the future, I'll end it this way, In with, with the Justice League. In the future, if I go back and watch these again, uh, it'll be this version I watch. And in fact, of all three of them, it will be the Zack Snyder full director's cuts if I go back and watch uh, any of them again. Uh, I still like Man of Steel, the Krypton stuff. I watched them leading up to Zack Snyder since uh, there was something called a pandemic or something and everybody was trapped in. And I uh, uh, watched Man of Steel, BVS, and uh, then watched the the Zack Snyder release. Did not go back and watch the Josh Whedon version. So Zack got to complete his... Uh, story and it was a good one uh, nice job guys nice job so I hope I've made that clear about uh, Zack Snyder stuff so I think you know the last thing I can say here about uh, the Zack Snyder stuff Man of Steel I, I uh, at the time gave it a solid B I think I'm still in that that group B it's a good solid film and I'll go back and probably watch Man of Steel at uh, again, at some other point, BVS, Batman v Superman is a lot more complicated as far as my feelings go. There are some incredibly beautiful scenes in that movie. Incredible stuff that he put up on the screen. And the director's cut, again, is far superior to that of the theater release. Yeah, I know I pause every time I think about BVS. I pause and I have to stop and think, and it, it, it's so complicated. It's a. It was a great Batman movie. Um, I, I. All right, let me put it this way. I think Zack Snyder in his trilogy told a great story. I'm just sorry he used Superman to tell that story. All right, in a couple seconds we'll be back with something else. After the theatrical cartoons, after the movie serials, a new medium helped define an icon for generations to come. The Adventures of Superman. Join Mike Zumo as the Man of Screen podcast enters the next phase with a year-long look at the 1950s television series, The Adventures of Superman, starring George Reeves as Clark Kent and Superman. No comment until the time limit is up. Phyllis Coates as Lois Lane during season one. What are you afraid of? What are you hiding? And Noel Neal as Lois Lane starting in season two. Superman. What? Why did you wait? Jack Larson as Jimmy Olsen. Mr. Kent is Superman. John Hamilton as Perry White. Don't call me chief! And Robert Shane as Inspector Henderson. I don't want excuses, I want action. So, follow along Mike and some possible guest hosts for an in-depth analysis of The Adventures of Superman, starting in June at supermanpodcastnetwork.com and manofscreen.podomatic.com. This is a job for Superman. I mean, I've got to find it.
So what else in the world of Superman could have happened to bring me back into this thing? What about the first season of Superman and Lois? What do I say about the first season of Superman and Lois, The New Adventures of Superman? Uh, this next little piece that you're going to hear was recorded about a week after the finale of season one. I meant to record it. Well, I did record it, but I meant to uh, edit and release closer to that time. So here's the piece that I had recorded, uh, like I said, about a week or two after the season finale of season one, Superman and Lois. I had no idea what was coming up in season two. I only knew because they announced pretty early that season two uh, was going to happen. So this was recorded uh, right after season one. And and why I come in and tell you this now is because uh, anything I say in this next piece in regards to season two is speculation. It's all guesswork and speculation. I had no pre-knowledge of what season two had in store. None. As usual, I'm not working with notes. I don't work with notes. Well, I do have notes, but I don't work with a script. This is a freeform flow of consciousness, I think is how it says. But it's just thoughts. It's me sitting down and saying what I thought of something at the time. More of the feelings based on individual scenes or actions or characters or this kind of thing. But not a total breakdown scene by scene of the of the show. There are plenty of those out there that you can listen to. Uh, I will assume that by now you will have seen uh, all of the first season. So any spoilers, uh, I guess that's on you. But there may be some spoilers for season one in here. And again, anything that reminds you of season two was sheer speculation and guesswork. So. Uh, let's go see what Bobby said about Superman and Lois last year. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Superman and Lois. Holy moly. Let's start with the cast. And it's a big one. It's a big cast. But, well, I'm not going to give you everybody, just the main four. Tyler Hecklin as Superman Clark Kent. Bitsy Tulloch as Lois Lane. Jordan Elsus as Jonathan Kent, and Alexander Garfin as Jordan Kent. But like I said, it's a huge cast, big cast of a lot of Superman regulars, people we know in the, in the, in the super lore. So uh, obviously we have uh, Superman, Lois, their two kids, uh, Sam Lane, Lois's dad, military guy. Lois's sister, Lucy, Helena Lang, her husband, new character, and she has daughters. Well, again, many, many, many more. They're, they're, it's, it's a big cast of regulars for a TV show. But let's start with the main four. Tyler, Bitsy, Jordan, and Alexander. Superman, Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and the two boys. In fact, let's start with the two boys. Because personally, when I first heard about this series and uh, heard that it was going to be an older Superman married to Lois, I thought, oh, great. And they have two kids. Uh-oh. Yeah. See, this this was my fear when I first heard about the show. 
that the show would focus on the two boys, teen angst and uh, coming of age kind of stuff. And Superman and Lois would be their parents. Clark and Lois would be Clark and Lois again. Uh, we're raising the kids and uh, we would get a super feat here and there to show off. Yes, it's Superman. So I was I was uh, pleasantly surprised when the teen angst was about a third of the show. It wasn't the whole thing. And the acting so far is pretty good. When it comes to the two boys, I'm still speaking of, of uh, the two boys, Jordan and Alexander are, are their real names, playing Jonathan and Jordan. Jordan is Jonathan, Alexander is Jordan. But anyway, uh, that's, the, that's the point. You know, I always go into these things now uh, for quite some time because of Superman Returned thinking the worst, that they're going to blow it somehow. I knew I would like Tyler, more or less, because of his appearances on Supergirl. I really liked him a lot on Supergirl, except for that cape. Cape was terrible. They fixed the cape, more or less. Okay, so uh, these two boys, Jonathan and Jordan, uh, in the first season, we find out, and, and they did a, a nice little twist on us here, uh, making you think it's the football star Jonathan Kent uh, in Metropolis that uh, may have his father's powers. Ooh. And Jordan is kind of the whiny one. <laughs> Again, that's my, you know, that's coming from me, and I, I don't want that to get out of hand here, okay? We got the idea. We know what's going on. These are two good actors. Let's not have Jordan be the whiny. Oh, no. All the time about everything. Okay. Jonathan seems to be the level-headed one, but not totally. He's got some stuff and, well, you know, it's a show. So I think the nice thing so far is that the writing has has kept you on your toes. The boys have not been just over here, okay, let's go see what the boys are. It, so far in this first season, is an integrated story of a family making family choices, and uh, I hope they continue that way, making, you know, this is Superman and Lois as a family, and they're showing that. I mean, it's it's surprising where... Um, I guess you can tell I'm stumbling because I'm, my brain is flying because of uh, I'm seeing so many scenes in my head right now of the show. And I'm trying to say, hey, no, 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 focus. See, that's why people write notes for these podcasts so that they can do things in an orderly fashion. So but basically, I am not disappointed with the kids, with the teen angst yet. So far, it has been logical. And again, the writing and acting have been uh, really good. The uh, look of the thing is more theatrical, but I could still, and I think Kim uh, brought this to my attention, that it still looks kind of uh, dirty, dark. It's, it's like muddy or something, going for a film look of everything brown and, you know, not every, I mean, they, it's not, 
It's not Zack Snyder. They didn't take all the color out. There is color. His cape is red. His suit is blue. There is color in this show. But it's still not, you know, bright, super-duper colors. Uh, so anyway, those are the two boys. Those are the kids. I, I like the kids so far. And just don't go to overboard with it being a teen angst show with a little bit of Superman here and Lois there. Okay? So now let's get to the Superman and Lois. That's what the name of the show is. Superman and Lois. Tyler Heckman and Bitsy Tulloch. I assume that's how her name is pronounced. T-U-L-L-O-C-H. Bitsy being a short name, nickname for Elizabeth. But these two, how's the chemistry between these two? Really good. Really good. Bitsy Tulloch is has climbed up the ladder pretty high, pretty quickly on my ladder of Lois Lanes. As you all know, Phyllis Coates is, is at the top. I almost want to put Noel Neal right under her for what she did. So we kind of put those two over here. So when we talk now about modern-day Lois Lanes, I think we have to start really with Terry Hatcher bringing kind of the format for the modern-day Lois Lane, season one. And, of course, before Terry Hatcher brought Lois to the small screen, the big screen, the movie Lois, the template was set by Margot Kidder in the Christopher Reeve movies. So far, <laughs> Bitsy's not only hanging in with him, she's, she's setting her own, she's making her own path as a Lois Lane. The, it's almost like Superman himself, from the beginning, has always revolved around Lois Lane. That's his world. From the get-go, action number one, don't be afraid. Then we move on. This it, to to Amy Adams and and uh, well, you know all the other Lois Lanes, the modern ones, even the animated ones. They've all been pretty good, except for Silver Returns. I wish I could take that movie out of my head canon. Well, I could out of my head canon. Gone. Okay, thanks. But Bitsy Tulloch, I like quite a bit because we're seeing all aspects of her. We're seeing her as a mother and how she handles things differently than Clark. And we're seeing her as a reporter. See, this was the thing that I also thought we might lose with her being a mom. How can she be the wife of Superman, a mom, and Lois Lane, the reporter? Well, they're showing you here, and it's tough. It's not easy. But she's pulling it off, and I think it's, again, the writing and her acting. She is she is really good. Two thumbs up for Bitsy Tulloch as the new and current Lois Lane. And now let's move on to the guy himself, Tyler Hecklin as Superman and Clark Kent. Like I said, I like Tyler Hecklin from uh, his appearances on uh, Supergirl. You know, I knew right away that, well, he had the chops to play Superman. Even in the crossover scenes, the crisis scenes, where he was literally standing next to Brandon Ralph. The way the scene was written and shown in Crisis, it put Brandon right in the middle of these other two guys. I think Tyler held himself uh, in that surrounding. Well, on this show, he doesn't have to compare himself to anybody as far as a superhero thing goes. Uh, he is doing an excellent job, in my opinion, of being both Superman and Clark Kent. 
I like the idea that it's it's closer to a Dean Cain, George Reeves uh, version of Clark Kent. He's not a clown. Uh, he's a serious grown-up, but he has his humorous moments. So that's those I really like a lot. Uh, Dean Cain, I thought, was a terrible Superman, but uh, uh, a decent Clark Kent. And uh, you all know that I think George Reeves is still the best of both, followed closely by Christopher Reeve as Superman. Did not care that much for his Clark Kent in hindsight today. At the time during the movie, it just blew me away. But still, hey, am I randomly running around enough for you? You keeping up? <laughs> right off the bat, the pilot, the opening episode, you knew there was a tremendous amount of thought, creativity thrown into that. Uh, and, of course, the scene that everybody will be talking about. Well, they already were talking about it after it aired. He appears in a Fleischer S. Superman car um, costume. And there's a great little scene where he's flying by and he knocks the hat off a little boy in the street. And he comes down, picks the hat up, gives it to the boy. And the little boy says, wow, nice costume. And Superman, as he flies off, says, thanks, my mom made it for me. And then he flies off and knocks the boy's hat off again. It's a very fine scene. They did that in the pilot. They answered a lot of questions before uh, fandom had a chance to ask them, and I appreciate that. Another thing I really liked about the writing here and the uh, and the setup and the origin story, so to speak, is the fact that uh, Lois fell for Clark, not Superman. I think in a lot of ways, in order for it to work right, I think that kind of has to be the the way it works, or at least I think that. That's how I like it. I think that's, I know it's different. You know, a lot of my friends are, wait a minute, Bob, in the Silver Age. I know it's different. Obviously, in the Silver Age, Lois was always trying to prove it and trying to marry him. As as uh, Superman historians will know early on, Jerry Siegel wrote a story where Superman reveals himself to Lois in a good way. <laughs> Okay. Oh, but anyway, yeah, in the, in the, in, uh, uh, Superman and Lois, Lois falls for Clark first. And, uh, there's a fun scene when she finally gets to interview, uh, Superman one on one. There's a very nice scene and she's talking to one of her friends off camera and her friend saying, you know, he's, uh, single. He's kind of cute. He's blah, 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 blah about Superman. And Lois says, uh, hey, 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 you know, and she tells her friend her feelings for Clark. And then uh, uh, as she's getting ready to interview Superman, her friend says, do uh, you think super hearing is one of his superpowers? <laughs> oh, that was a good scene. And then Lois goes and interviews him and has no idea uh, that it's her true love, Clark Kent. So I really like that scene. I like that setup so that then the reveal. And they again, they did this so fast for all of us. It was done in nice, quick, boom, 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 boom scenes. And mostly memorable scenes. So uh, if you haven't seen this series yet, uh, if you've done nothing, go back, watch the uh, the pilot or episode one, season one, episode one, and uh, see if it doesn't grab you. 
there's so much else about this show I would, wanted to talk about, but I'm going to keep that for later. May may do a more in-depth thing on it, but I just didn't want too long to go by. <laughs> That's a little funny now, isn't it? <clears throat> uh, before I got online and said a few things about it, it's a good show. It's a really good show. So I hope they keep it up and uh, take us in a few places that we haven't expected to go. And then when we got into the episode itself, or the, the season, as the episodes went by, they fooled me several times. And again, it might be because I'm a little cynical. But when you've seen so much Superman, and you've seen so much of it done badly, then something comes along that has a, a different quality level to it and you're almost and well not almost you are the first few times taken by surprise how was i taken by surprise several times i don't want to go into detail but the writing in this they'll take you up to a point where you think and then it becomes clear you go oh okay seen it done oh wait a minute what yes they do a wait what several times many times actually taking you where you think you have been before and then do a little twist and you go, hey, I haven't seen that. that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Honesty, truth, justice, the whole ball of wax. How'd you? Thank you. And they have been doing that throughout this first season. It was just a pleasure, an absolute pleasure. If for some reason there's never a second season, I will be content to say, wow, I saw a really good beginning, middle, end arc, story arc of Superman. This this was an excellent first season, if I haven't made that clear yet. Everything about it, the writing, the particularly the writing. I like the look. I like his outfit. Sometimes the muscle suit looks a little too big, a little too awkward. His head looks kind of tiny on it. And that's too bad because if you've seen Tyler, you know, without a shirt from the waist up, he doesn't really need a muscle suit. The young man has worked out. He looks good. And, um, you know, I like what they're doing. I, I, I like, you know, what he's doing so far. The suit is not terrible. And I like the fact that, like I said early, they showed him in uh, basically a classic traditional with briefs, the trunks. They were more trunks, not briefs. Brandon Ralph wore briefs. In the Fleischer-type cartoon, ha uh, cartoon. <laughs> in the Fleischer-type costume he had on, they were more trunks. And it looked great. It looked classic. It looked like, okay, terrific. Now... Actually, I wouldn't mind seeing a show like that or a movie like that and take place in the uh, pre-World War II, uh, late 30s, early 40s, where there were no other superheroes. And uh, because right now you kind of have to figure out, and uh, here we go again, this stream of consciousness, no other superheroes. Uh, so far... They really haven't made a big deal about anybody but Superman. Thank you. Okay. No Batman. Nobody. They'll have to bring him in eventually, maybe. I don't know. But 
uh, this is the kind of thing, and this is where I really wanted to get to, I think, in some of my thoughts about this show, is that I enjoyed this first season so much. And they did it without a um, a marquee villain. They did it without Brainiac, without Doomsday, you know, without Lex Luthor. Thank you. Did have Morgan Edge and a little different character. But that's fine. That's the kind of thing I want to see here. And in fact, I don't want to see Doomsday or Brainiac anytime soon. Eventually, yes. I want to see Brainiac. I want to see Brainiac on the screen done well. I want to see the skull ship. I want to see Brainiac. But not yet. Give this Superman time to breathe. Time to be Superman on Earth. Okay? That I want to see before we start having all of the uh, big guys come in. I don't even really want to see Lex Luthor anytime soon. That's good. This is good. That kind of stuff. So I, anyway, what I'm going getting at is get, let this show breathe. Let it be Superman and Lois and the kids. Don't let it be Superman, Lois and the kids. And we don't need the big guys yet. The Brainiac and Doomsday. Or even Darkseid yet. Although I'd love to see Darkseid and I'd love to see Brainiac. Doomsday. Eh, been there, done that. Let's. I'm actually hoping because this is an older Superman, he's already faced Doomsday. That part of his life is done and gone. This is Superman after uh, the whole Doomsday thing. Let's Let's hope. Uh, as far as villains go, you know who I wouldn't mind seeing in, in the season two? Because I think it's a character that can be uh, retold in a different way without screwing up uh, the origins. Because the origins uh, got screwed up themselves <laughs> with this character. There were several comic book origins. They even changed it themselves as time went by. But uh, I wouldn't mind seeing um, a, a take on Bizarro. If you're going to do something and it doesn't have to be a comical bizarro. I don't necessarily want to say a funny bizarro, but I think that's a character that they could do something interesting with and redo his origin. Uh, who knows? I think the palette right now is, is, uh, is clean. They can pretty much go anywhere they want. This was a, like I said, a first season that started just like a firecracker and just kept going from there. It, it, uh, never disappointed. There was a couple of small scenes. There were a couple of small scenes where again, the teen angst I wanted. Okay. That scene was a little long, but fine. Move on. Uh, cause I do like the other characters, uh, Sarah, the, the daughter of Lana, you know, these kids are doing a decent job and, to know that this is really the first major acting job of most of these kids. It's, uh, you know, definitely the first for the two playing Jonathan and Jordan, the first screen appearance. The show's a winner, folks. The show is a winner. I, well, first season. I hope they can keep this up because the writing really kept me going. If it had just been another Superman show, I'd be tuning in and saying, what's up this week? And, Kind of like what happened with the second, third, and fourth seasons of Lois and Clark with Terry Hatcher and Dean Kane. 
first season I really enjoyed, but you know, sec uh, late first season on, and then second season on, it just got worse. It got worse and worse and worse. Uh, Superboy got better, second, third, and fourth seasons. I mean, these things happen, but we don't know yet. So I'm really looking forward to season two. Like I say, this is a show where I'm, I'm, you know, turning phones off. I'm sitting down. It's headphones. It's quiet time. It's movie time. And a lot of times I think, you know, subjects like this seem to be suited really well for the, uh, um, serial type format. You know, I just think that's, and who knows with the way Zack Snyder's film did, uh, Justice League, that was really long. I watched the Beatles get back. Absolutely incredible. Really long. Watch it in parts. It seemed like they really have a handle on Superman and Lois. And if they can keep these two characters, I need to make sure that Lois, and by the end of the series, she's owning the Smallville or part owner of the Smallville paper. So we assume she's going to keep telling stories and writing. So keep it up. If the writing holds up, this has a real chance of being my second favorite Superman series of all time. Well, there you have it. I know it wasn't detail, but just my thoughts on a couple of big uh, things that happened while I was away. The Zack Snyder's Justice League, the in, uh, the first season of Superman and Lois, and Get Back, The Beatles. All right, well, I hope this is the beginning of a new set. We have some stuff happening here at uh, the Superman Forever Radio podcast. I'll be putting out a few more episodes. Uh, coming up, we have new episodes, some conversations I've had with some good friends that you know. Uh, Mike Zumo from the Man of Steel stopped by. Screen. Man of Screen podcast. <laughs> we talk super baby. <laughs> you gonna love that one. Uh, and my good buddy John Wilson uh, has a new podcast called Superman in Crisis. In all his decades of publishing history, one event has affected Superman more than any other. Worlds lived, worlds died, and that was only the beginning. Superman was never the same. Presenting Superman in Crisis. Available weekly from January 3rd, 2022 at johnreadscomics.com. And he stopped by to talk about that. So you'll be hearing that and a few more things coming up in the near future and some stuff happening this fall 2022 that i can't talk about yet so superman forever radio is back on the air Superman is based on the original character appearing in Superman Magazine and Action Comics. Superman Copyright DC Comics. Superman and Superboy, created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. 
Used by permission of the Siegel family. Executive producer of Superman Forever Radio is J. David Weeder. I am your host, Bob Fisher. <laughs>